Welcome to the Big Stomp, the Bunkerzilla radio show that roars at the latest stories and discussions in geek culture today. So, what are we waiting for? Let's start stomping. Hello, and welcome to the Big Stomp Live and another amazing crash intro. Uh... It's 8pm on Thursday, the 30th of July. I am the Raggedy Man, brazen challenger for the pop culture glitterating, and joining me tonight to storm their way through three major geek culture stories of the month, we have three amazing members of the Bunkerzilla team, and they are... From Real History. I'm Lizzie, I'm Redheaded Ramblings, and July? July? You said July. Uh, <laughs> no, I've got Harriet. Harriet's ten. <laughs> Try again, Harriet. <laughs> we have technical difficulties with Har- with Harriet. Anyway, uh, while Harriet hits the crap out of her Yeti mic, can you hear me? <laughs> yes, we have Harriet. Hello. <laughs> That's a great start. <laughs> Actually, it's one of our smoother ones. Anyway, oh, <laughs> uh, joining us in the bunker, Bunkerzilla's very own Discord channel, we have, who have we got tonight? We have Station Controller, we have Alistair, we have Granny Gertrude, we have Mark L, uh, we have me, uh, we have Reese, we have Shenny, and we have Reese Streambot. Okay. I think that's one of Station Controller's new toys. He couldn't make any in real life, so he's making them on technicalities. And <clears throat> there we go. Uh, they'll be listening and throwing in comments as we go along, hopefully. Uh, you can listen to us live on bunkzilla.co.uk. Follow all the stuff there. And with no further ado, we have our first story. And that one is coming from Jenna. So, uh, obviously lockdown and everything that's going on, and I have been reading a fuck ton of... <laughs> Wasn't <Sorry>. me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really sorry. We've been told not to swear, and I just did. Uh, anyway. Um, <laughs> um, moving on. Yes, basically. moving on. Uh, I've been reading a lot of fan fiction, and... Um, AO3, which is Archive of Our Own, just had their April membership drive, their donation drive, and they managed to raise a whopping four hundred and over a hundred and forty four hundred and fifty thousand dollars when they originally gold for a hundred and thirty thousand. So that is like triple what they were wanting to raise which is absolutely amazing. And I just thought it'd be a really good excuse to talk about how important fan fiction is to fandom. So, yeah. Uh, What is Archive of Our Own? Archive of Our Own was started um, in a response to fanfiction.net getting rid of a lot of different fanfiction because they basically banned smut. And that's what a lot of people go to fanfiction for. Um, Wait, if they banned smut, how did they have any content left? (laughs) (laughs) How Um, does it still exist? (laughs) Yeah, somehow it does. They all went to archive of our own. (laughs) Yes. And it's interesting. You you see people cross-posting on fanfiction.net and they'll have links going, hey, if you want the smut, go over here. It's like, okay. (laughs) 
It's like, come, little children, come to the pod. <laughs> Maybe not and... little children. No, yeah, no, that would be why they got rid of it. Um... <laughs> and so um, it's a non-profit. Um, it, they work... Uh, they take donations so they don't have to advertise on their site. And they can build up... Uh, databases they've got uh on staff solicitors um lots of different things that they take this money to do and it's just an amazing website they're just sorry i'm just i just read a lot of stuff off it mostly so no, i do as raising, well so they're <laughs> wait they're raising money and they're using the money just to fund their own website or are they using it for charity as well um it, they are a charity basically um so they they raise the money to support the website to pay for their uh, hostings and stuff like that. But they also have things on the side like um, supporting uh, legal matters to do with fan fiction and other transformative works. Um, they have um, they support fan studies as well, so they will pay for the academia uh, looking into this sort of thing. Plus Does that make sense? Don't don't knock server fees. If you've got a large site, even if all you are pushing is text, um, it does it does rock up. It does become significant, especially if you're not going with advertising. So, no, I mean yeah. the, the the thing I think I might be knocking is the status as charity. But you know that uh, it might not be an actual charity, but it they rely on donations to run basically. Which you know, fair enough. If yeah. you're not if you're not for profit, it um. Basically, if you're not for profit, you you can do that as a company. You just make no profit. Yeah, they um, every single out, so. every single dollar, cent, penny goes mm. back into the website and their other works to do with transformative works. Basically, so it does none of it goes to uh, anyone's pockets. Particularly, it is all about raising money for that. So. But it was just the fact of because of lockdown, they exceeded their budget by so much money. It was just kind of unbelievable because they did it over a couple of days and you would have a little thing that was just saying, oh, we're doing this. And um, you just watched it as it kept going up and up and up and up. And then the um, it just sort of burst its banks and just kept going up. And it was like... Okay, guys, we've funded over halfway. We're double now. We're triple, and now we're basically quadruple. It's. Nice. I think it just it just shows the charity charity if you get what I mean of people in fandom. They want to support this kind of thing, especially people that are passionate about transformative works. And not 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 trying to sound cynical, but also if they coincidentally if they had this fundraiser at the right time during lockdown mm. they're going to get an awful lot of goodwill just from people going oh my god I want to make connection and do something with the real world so yeah um, they do well. do it every April so it just timed out luckily on them so yeah. they do it twice a year but I'm reckoning they probably didn't want the coronavirus rather than all that cash <laughs> opinion. I think they'd have yeah. been happy without it <laughs> yep. cool so why why are you thinking it's um that big uh, a thing? Why why do you think there was that <clears> many, <throat> other than the coronavirus, why were there that many people willing to donate to that? Um 
Well, from their own post, it was donated by almost 15,000 different people from 96 countries. So that shows how many people thought that this is important enough to um, donate money and the wide range of different nationalities, cultures, uh, languages that are on there. Because obviously I only really use the English versions, Mm. but you have a lot of the time you'll have different translations into different languages of popular fanfic and people will do translations of those just for so people other people can read this fan fiction which Presumably is Presumably there's also just regional fanfics. Yeah, of course. There, there, there's IPs over in wherever. Yeah. The English language community hasn't got hasn't heard of. But yeah, if you if you go into the fandoms list, it is unbelievable. There is, if you've heard, there's probably a casualty fan fiction that I haven't checked it out, but there probably is. <laughs> I know there's Holby City fan fiction, so there's yeah, got to be so casualty. You check that out. <laughs> oh no, really God. don't. I I read one once, and I was like, this is a worse script than Holby City. <laughs> if that's possible, that's impressive. I mean, the one. The, the one thing I would say from my exposure to fang fiction is that an awful lot of it's very bad. So, but a lot of it is also very, very good. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. it's always that ninety percent of everything is crap, but then you get that ten percent that is just mwah, it's just yeah. perfect. And, and, also, and also, it's quite easy to tell what's if a fanfic is going to be well rubbish quite mm. quickly like oh, yeah. you know grammar spelling all that sort of thing but even so you know even if it's just this writing style you're like oh this reads like a text conversation with a 13 year old help me <laughs> <laughs> no you you can do it you can do a half page skim of it and just decide whether it's worth it or the ravings of a lunatic or yeah. the ravings of a lunatic no I, I just think with fan fiction um because it has one of the lowest barriers to entry of mm. the creative process. Um, I just think it, it proportionately, I think it's got one of the, it, it's going to have a very high crap content because the barrier is so phenomenally low. But then again, uh, it means anyone can have a go. So mm. I think not also, just an observation. no, no, no. I think also because it is a domain like fan art that is mostly of women female fans it's kind of looked upon as that silly thing over there and not mm. as important when a lot of the fan end content comes from women and mm. you've got to remember that the words shipping and can well not canon because canon comes from bible um come from stuff like this sport uh spork Spock and Kirk from the 1960s and their fanzines. I mean, I, I quite like the fact that fan fiction is something that anyone can do because, mm-hmm. you know, you, you look at the fan artist and you think, wow, that's amazing, but it's not easy to be good at art. Like, it takes a lot of work, a lot of practice. Like, there are a few very talented individuals who pick up a pencil one day and just like, oh, I can draw. But mm. then... Uh, Alan, all of you know you're making crafts to do with the fan. Again, that does involve again a lot of time and effort and talent. I'm not saying writing does not involve all those things as well, but it's a really accessible thing to be able to practice. You pick up a pencil and a 
bit of lined paper, you can write an amazingly epic story, or you can write a really sweet little scene, you know, even if it's only like five minutes. And it gives everyone an in to talk about what they love. I I would say, as someone who has been known to write the old thing, it is very easy to write a mediocre to, to write mediocrely mm. but you can by that what i mean is it's very easy to write something and get across what you are wanting to say anyone can pretty much do that drawing i can barely do a circle so it's <laughs> <laughs> so, right, most great artists can't yeah. bad writing is still very accessible and it is very mm. comprehensible to be able to go oh i know what they're going on about yeah so, again lower lower barrier to entry the yeah i was reading up on the uh i'm i'm quite surprised that it's still female from all the stats that are available it's still a yeah dominated scene i was wondering if you you had any thoughts on why that was because by now you would think it would be more open to more people I mean, speaking as someone who is female and has written fanfic in the past, it's, I think, a predominantly female-led thing because it's the one place we get to have a voice that we're not mm. shouted down. Da- I mean, you, you still get people trying to shout you down in fanfic, but it's harder to do. So, you know, I, you know, I can go and write my, you know, fanfic for half an hour, put it on, and I get, you know, a lot of, lot of great comments from people and everything like that. And you get the one or two edgelords i'm going to call them instead of the word i would actually like to use because i don't want the station controller to yell at me um who come and say oh you you, you suck you suck you suck because you're a woman and you have a uterus and i'm like yes thank you for noticing so it's you know for me i get to have my voice out of what i want people to see about the fandom that i'm writing Mm. and i think that for a lot of women it's i hate to use this term a safe space for us yeah what you've described is a encouraging um, environment. Mm, so, yes. Or, or not a place filled with arse hats. So Pretty much, yeah. That, just sounds, yeah. that sounds cool. Because um, I found most arse hats don't have a uh, first grade reading level. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I... Play silly laugh as well. Like, a lot of people don't take it too seriously. Like, one of the recent things I wrote, which I haven't written fan fiction in, like, ten years, and I wrote a stupid Good Omens and um, Colin the Caterpillar Cake fan fiction because I got dared to. Oh, <laughs> it's not so smart. <laughs> I mean... I don't the first know question, you. the most important question. Because, <laughs> um... I've got, a, as I was explaining to you guys off that, uh, um, I've got this group which is about talking to other fans about British culture and explaining things like, we do not cook our, we don't make cups of tea in the microwave, we use a kettle, and that's how you make a proper cup of tea. And we're sharing history and we're sh- discussing locations. Like, we had one person um, go, right, if Sherlock came out of this building, oh, how God. could he get to the Thames? And it, it it makes actually really interesting conversation, which is lovely. And um, I've been an admin of this group for only three weeks, and there's 177 people, mostly women, and 
there's been no problems whatsoever. There's been no drama. Um, it skews slightly older, which for someone that's in a lot of fandoms where it skews slightly younger, like anime, Ladybug, um, Disney stuff. It's lovely to find women my own age. And yeah. also some have kids, some don't, some are married, some aren't. And it's just nice. It's <coughs> bonding and lovely. So, yeah. Cool. No, that, that, that sounds awesome. I'm just... Yeah, I mean, the, the other thing about the fan, because we keep using the word women, and I don't want people to think that it's not inclusive because I no. found the fan the fan fiction people are much more inclusive than most fandoms are. Yes. Like, it doesn't matter what fandom you're there for, you know, the the rule is just be nice. Like, even, yeah. when you're, even if you're being critical, because people do, you, I mean, you do ask for constructive criticism. And I have found, in all the years I've been posting stuff on websites, and no, I'm not going to tell you what names I use on those websites. <laughs> I shall get them off you later. No, you will not. <laughs> um, the, if you say open to constructive criticism, you get constructive criticism. Even mm. if it's someone just going, oh, no, I felt that this bit was a bit wonky or janky. Wow. You mm. know, it. and again... It's the internet, so you do always get someone going uh, sort of completely, oh, your stuff's crap, you know, you should, you know, throw yourself in a river or something. But you're just like, that's one person out of a hundred. Yeah. Maybe. That's phenomenal. I, and, I would oh. be curious as to why. There's, I, I, I appreciate that fan fiction was heavily started by women. Mm. And I appreciate that that's going to set a lot of the boundaries and a lot of the um of the social norms within it yeah and i can see that continuing but i'm just curious as i will also I say a lot i'm just curious as to why it's still especially when you've got such a low barrier to entry and when you've got so many people effectively doing entryism to various communities to to wave their egos around mm. i'm just surprised it's still so female dominated yeah i mean also i think a lot of the male side of things actually come from lgbt people so it's kind of also a safe space for that and exploring even using characters that aren't canonically lgbt it is a safe space to explore that and go right what if this character was genderqueer or they were transgender or whatever and it is so I think because there is that freedom, it just attracts more people that have been marginalised because it means that we can use our voices. I, mean, I, I was wondering if, uh, just very simply, because I know that one of the big things that Styles did, off beyond the uh, Spock, uh, Kirk porn, uh, was <laughs> just that you were able to insert a lot more female characters into it. Yes. I, I, you know, I, I wondered if that might be a thing. I think it's also, again, I'm kind of going to make a very broad generalization here, but there are, you know, there, I'm not even going to say it's a male female thing. There are, pe- there are two ways of people thinking. There is the, you know, I'm going to punch something brain, and then there is a, I'm going to use my words brain. And I often find that the people who want to use their words more than their actions to get a point across are actually more empathetic as a person. Mm. Like, you know, 
you, you people, as I say, we've all been there. We've all been at the conventions. We all know that person who you would happily throw in a cement mixer and then possibly throw a wood chipper. But you just can't, you kind of look at, like, for me, when I see that person at a convention, I think, I don't know what that person is going through in their real life that they are being such a ass now. <laughs> we apologize for the dead air where the swearing would normally be. <laughs> no, I'm uh, just like, I'm, like, the words I want to use, everyone, are, you know, sentence, <laughs> en- sentence enhances on not really sort of what we're going for here. But, you know, whereas yeah. I think, you know, some people, when they see that, person at a convention they'll just go oh no he's a douche let's you know forget it yeah that's fair so uh looking at the peanut the peanut gallery uh the one comment we've had so far is from cal i jump in and the first thing i hear about is fanfics oh no well hopefully we might have changed his view on that, and I think it's safe to say that even if that remains his view, uh-huh. fan fiction doesn't care. It's going to carry on being there for ages, and it's got itself a spanking new half a million dollar library. To keep yes, yeah, I, I saw the best quote someone went uh, when someone put a criticism on their fan fiction. It was your approval is not needed here. Oh, <laughs> it was just like <laughs> nice. Anyway, uh, moving on from that one. Lizzie, what are you stumping about this month? So I'm going to like pick on online celebrities. Well, actually, I'm just going to pick on celebrities using really heavy air quotes there. So there's been a lot of stuff online with, you know, Twitch streamers and actual celebrities posting about how hard their life is due to lockdown. Um, and then there's been people who've been doing absolutely amazing things. They've been using their platform for good. So I'm going to start off with the trash fires because we're all loving a good trash fire. And at least then we can end on an upbeat note. So there is this one particular Twitch streamer. I'm her name is Invader V. Vlee. I don't know how you pronounce that. I don't actually care because, as I say, she's a trash fire of a human being. Is fine, but she was basically said that anyone watching her online could afford her full membership fee, and she tried to shame people for not giving money to her because. You know, you should be working, not watching Twitch in the middle of a global lockdown. Right. And then she came... Yeah, and then she apologised, so that makes it all better. Oh, yeah. Was it an actual apology or a non-apology? She said, what I said was tone-deaf, insensitive and stupid. I recognise there is no context I could give that would excuse what I said. I can only own what I said and I will. So it wasn't really an apology. No, Oh, no, I was gonna say I have actually seen that clip, and what annoyed me at the end is at the very end she was just like, like kind of making it all cutesy, and it was just like, oh, I really don't like you for shaming people like this because she kind of equivalized it to, well, if you can afford a meal, you can afford to pay twenty dollars to to me, sort of thing, and I just thought, oh, you do not deserve to be on the airwaves, my girl. You know, I mean, the the context of what happened was on April 14th, she said that she was bothered by viewers who watched for free and claimed that they couldn't afford to pay for her subscription. If you don't have $10, you probably don't have time to watch Twitch because you should be working. Um, Set it to paid only, you person. (laughs) Yeah, but then she wouldn't have, what is it, 148,000 Twitch viewers or followers? That annoys me because she's 
doing free content and then demanding people pay for her free content. And the very simple answer is make it charge only, which she has decided not to do. So she's complaining about her own advertising model. (laughs) But also it was quite insensitive because she's an American Twitch streamer and unemployment rates in the US are approaching Great Depression era rates. Like, there are a lot of people who have lost their jobs due to the current situation going on in the world. One group of people that have lost their jobs due to the situation going on are um, influencers. And I Hmm. appreciate people may not like what I'm about to say, but I'm going to try and be empathetic to these people. Uh, They are basically um, part of the advertising machine. They're part of the marketing machine. Um, They are there to sell products. They influence people where it is. If products aren't being made, if events aren't being held, they don't have a job. So whilst you may have opinions of their work and you may have opinions of their lifestyle and you may have opinions of their massively overinflated egos, the ones that are going shit we no longer can eat, I actually have got sympathy for. The ones who are going, oh my God, no one's falling for my thirst pick. Uh, Not so much. Yeah, I mean, as you say, they, these they, these people have also lost their livelihoods. So, yeah. but it's ones like her that are tarring the people who are actually in dire straits with the same sort of brush. But I'm not just talking about like influencer celebrities, like actual celebrities like Jennifer Lopez and Drake and people like that. They're all posting these pictures on their Instagram and stuff, or they're singing from their mansions about how we're all in this together. And it's like. I'm sorry, have you seen your house? And have you seen the houses of normal, actual people? Like, you know, you are literally complaining that, oh no, I'm stuck inside my, what is it, 200,000 square foot mansion in Beverly Hills. That one, I will give them a certain pass on, depending on how they did it. Because if they're going, great, I've got a massive house, but I'm here alone and I haven't seen my mates in three weeks... That is just a human reaction to a lack of interaction. That I can get. That I'm, I'm down with that because that would bum me out as well. Yeah, but like you've got like fa- like you know most of these celebrities either have a family or a significant other that they are living oh, yeah. with, and it's like they're like, oh no, look at what I'm stuck inside. And the the videos that I'm referencing are ones where they're like, oh no, I'm stuck inside. As they show us the tennis court, the swimming pool, the indoor gym, the home cinema, and it's like. You like literally are stuck inside your own hotel, basically. I I get where you're coming from. I think a lot of it comes down to the pitch. Oh, and we have a question from the peanut gallery. Cal would like to know: Would the Bunkerzilla folks, which currently is you three, uh, prefer an insincere through gratitude <laughs> apology or an honest non-apology? If it came down to a simple extreme, either or. Which which you want? I agree. Yep. I agree with Mark L. I'd rather they'd straight up say, I've messed up, I'll do better from now on. Like, I don't want insincere or on non-apologies. I want them to actually own up and be decent human beings. Harriet? Yeah, the same. Just basically, I, I was an idiot and I just promise I won't, well, not promise, but just say, I won't do it next time and just move on. Short and sweet as well. Just get on with it. Teach my daughter. You learn from your mistakes. You apologize, and then you try and learn from that experience. That's what apologies should be about. So, do you want 
insincere through gritted teeth or honest non-apology? Because those that we've been given those two options. I think insincere through gritted teeth would be better. It would okay. be the better of the two, yeah. Because okay. a non-apology is kind of like, oh, do I really have to do this? You know, sort of thing. But through gritted teeth, it's just like, hmm, yep, okay, fine, sort of thing. I think I think what we currently get are a lot of honest non-apologies anyway, because they're they're going. I don't get what I did wrong. Um, I've just Logan been told Paul. to do it because it's going to make me look even worse if I don't, sort of thing. I know who Logan Paul is. I'm going to make a non-apology and make that <laughs> video even bigger than the video where I. Oh God, yeah. I mean, <sighs> the thing is, like, humans make mistakes. You know, it's a human failing. We're fallible, you know, we aren't perfect. And I don't expect anyone to be perfect. But as I say, just own up that you messed up. Don't try and backpedal and be like, oh, well, no, I was really stressed or, you know, my blood sugar was low or whatever. And I'm not, you know, again. I think some of it comes down to the medium they're operating in, where if you're in the online influencer world, the speed at which people ditch you forever Mm -hmm. is so huge that you've got to do whatever you can to keep those numbers because as soon as your numbers drop they just go thump so again i don't agree with them i get where they're coming from which as ever very separate things but so who do you reckon's been doing a good job of being a celebrity uh lady gaga for one cool she uh, basically, you know, this whole, I said, we're all in this together sort of thing that a lot of celebrities are doing and you're like, are we really? And, um, Lady Gaga, I mean, she is a person, she has like chronic illnesses and, you know, stuff like that. So she's like, yeah, we are, I, she thinks the sentiment is nice. Um, but the fight that she's in or any other celebrity in is very different to say the fight of someone who's in a domestic abuse situation or kids that you know, maybe don't get fed because they're not going to school anymore. So she's like, yeah, it's great. And then she goes around and like raises a load of money for coronavirus trap for like getting stuff for to nurses and things. Or mm-hmm. there's a Twitch streamer whose name I am uh Kitaboga. So he's going uh online and exposing coronavirus scams live on his Twitch stream. Oh amazing. Oh wow. Like he's he's going, no no, look everyone, I'm gonna prove to you that this is bad so he's you know so people like there are people stepping up and i mean there's another one where twitch stream aid 2020 they're planning to raise money for covid19 relief Mm. so you know i'd just like to say there's a delicious irony of the woman who wears a telephone on her head actually keeping it real um (laughs) that has to just be but I mean, that's uh, the great thing I think about her is that she is a real person. Mm. Oh, she's, she's crazy. Not to be. On many occasions, she's <laughs> tried to be. I think her latest video, she's essentially an anime. Uh, brilliant anime. Uh... <laughs> but yeah, it's great. If you like pink, it's brilliant. <laughs> it is very pink. <laughs> uh, coming to us from. Where are we? Just a couple words from the peanut gallery. Uh, Mark L, I'd rather they said straight up, I messed up, I'll do better from now on. I think they, they kind of do that without the I messed up. Uh, Cal is of the opinion, I'd prefer an honest non-apology so I know where I stand and can go, okay, you're a shitty person, get in the sea. 
Uh, Reese, the difference between a mistake and an error is if you choose to learn from it or not. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, Cal, again, I expect a lot of this is due to some PR rep and the algorithm saying you've got to do this rather than that. Uh, and we'll forget that Simpsons episode all about Gaga. Um, that, that, <laughs> that is a very <laughs> bad episode. It's not a great one, no. <laughs> it's not a good one. I haven't watched that for but I mean I, I quite like the fact that Gaga is madder than a box of ferrets and she owns that and like that yeah. is you know but she yeah. also tries to be a good person like you can be mad as a box of ferrets and still be a good person the two are not mutually exclusive from the other I, the, the one the one thing I'm broadening it up a bit I mean the, there's some wonderful examples of, of, of celebrities being good and celebrities being bad but there's also been an awful lot of um celebrity slamming which i don't think is necessary i can't remember the name of him the singer some pop singer bloke i think is it sam smith yeah he basically went wow this is all getting to me because it's really upsetting and people just decided to put the boot in and i'm not going to pretend he doesn't have a nice house but if someone who is known to have mental issues goes Oh shit! This is really depressing about COVID nineteen. You know what it really is? Yeah, <laughs> he's allowed to stand mm. there and go. All these people are dead, and everything stopped, and this sucks for a lot of people. And <laughs> everyone's just like, "Oh, stop being such a pussy!" It's like people are allowed to go. Today, we've got to remember twenty six thousand people in the UK alone have died. That yeah. is a lot of people. And even if you don't know any of those people, it's still going to cause ripple effects everywhere. And that's not even including the people that have died not from coronavirus, just the normal everyday cancer, I fell off a ladder, tea, spillage, I don't know, just random everyday stuff. That is a lot of people. So... Yeah, mental health is going to be a big issue. And even if you're a celebrity, it doesn't stop depression or anxiety. So, I mean, in Sam Smith's case, like, I'm not saying his point wasn't valid. And um, people should not have been attacking him. Very very quickly, it's them. Them. Yeah. Sorry, I do apologize. I didn't know that. But Sam Smith. I don't know much about Sam Smith personally. Like, they are not someone I follow. So. If I do, they present to more masculine or feminine, or are they sort of in the middle? Like they present um, more masculine, but they have come up out as non-binary. Okay, so unfortunately, the internet, you know, is only as smart as its stupidest member. And let's be honest, there's some dumb people on the internet. So people I wonder voted for Trump and conservatives. Yeah. So <laughs> I am wondering if someone say more. With a, you know, I'm wondering if a woman had said what Sam Smith did, or you know, someone more. Again, I'm thinking, I'm thinking like the toxic masculinity and the patriarchy. And before I knew that Sam Smith was actually non-binary, is that did that have something to do with why people attacked him? Them. I think they've been a target for attack quite a lot beforehand. Yeah. Um, for many reasons, but yeah, I. Uh, but... I've tended to avoid certain uh, through through all of this. I've been metering out my media very carefully because mm. I've got nothing to juxtapose it against. 
and it's very easy to get very distressed very rapidly if you just like Twitter if you're on it at all every 10 every hour there's a new celebrity name and you know it's not because they stroked a puppy um it's just people bagging on whoever um yeah. so it, it it's, there has been a couple of people who have just i just think people are trying to bag on the celebrities so that sam smith was the biggest one to get he got the biggest clobber probably for the reasons you listed but i think it's just any people are angry. i think there have been some fair criticisms like of gary uh, gary barlow and uh andrew lloyd webber when they came out on the NHS fundraiser and said, hey, raise some money, when their taxes could have paid the amounts that the public raised. Yeah. Also, the NHS is not a charity. It's just been stupidly underfunded for so long. Probably because Gary Barlow and Andrew Lloyd Webber treat treat tax like a charitable donation. Oh, I mean, there was a brilliant story where basically Richard Branson, well, Virgin's asking for a bailout, and I can't remember who said it, but it's like, no, you're owned by a billionaire with his own private island, you don't get a bailout. Uh, he wasn't after a bailout, he was after a loan. Oh, okay. Oh, and he put the island up as collateral, it's just that the Bank of England may have turned around and gone, uh, no, because the only person who would buy it is you. Um... <laughs> So, yeah. Oh, uh, Station Controller has... Oh, no. Oh, right. Uh, Station Controller has a point made. Generally, during lockdown, folks just seem to like scoring moral points that are utterly trivial sometimes. Yes. Uh, It's not moral high ground. It's just being cruel because it makes them feel good. Yes. Uh, But what I get up to during my time is my own affair. Anyway. (laughs) I think it's also a lot to do with a lot of people are suddenly finding that they have no outlets that they would normally do because a lot of people would go out and go shopping go to the gym go to restaurants and it's suddenly like oh i'm stuck in at home so i have no outlet for my i'll go on twitter yeah i'll go on twitter and pick on this celebrity because i'm i'm having a bad day and it's like "Mm." yeah i i am very careful with my with my twitter intake um you've got to just handle your 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 media like you do your food anyway On, on that down a bummer note. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> life is awful. Um, yeah, life is awful, and we should all just get on with life, it. Life is terrible, so let's liven it up with men in tights. Harriet, what are you <laughs> stompy about this month? Oh, uh, well, to quote Sebastian from The Little Mermaid, WWE, it's a mess. It really, really is at the moment. <laughs> I'm going to end on the down there as well, to be fair. <laughs> hey, don't worry. It's kind of the tradition around here. So, yeah, it's kind of gone very askew thanks to the the virus taking over the world. So, um, well, there's there's, 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 (laughs) there's been so many stories coming out of this. I think one of the big ones was uh, the fact that they made uh, WWE an essential business. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So, basically, they... I mean, I like wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> the faces say it all. <laughs> yeah, so basically, they only had a few weeks left until uh, the performance center in Florida was shut down, and um, and then after politics and whatnot, yada yada, they basically said, "Okay, so we're gonna f- 
completely go opposite what we said and we're just gonna let you carry on just just wrestle whatever which i am not happy with because it's literally putting everyone's lives in danger every time they're doing it so they keep switching the goalposts in regards to how they do the shows before it was um we're gonna record so many in a week and now they're back to performing shows live on monday wednesday and friday Forgive me if I'm wrong, aren't they doing it without an audience? Yes, they are doing it without an audience, and it is the strangest thing you oh. could look at. <laughs> I mean, it, it's not exactly practicing social distancing if you're like putting a guy in a headlock. That's, no, that's no. true. <laughs> They're getting I, very close to each other. Probably yeah. not if, they, about that. If, they, if, 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 if I'm trying to think how to word this. If they've both been tested and they take the right precautions, that kind of contact is perfectly safe. So yes. I can see where they're coming from from that. My question is more, Harriet, considering how much of the uh, atmosphere is of these events is generated both by the crowd itself and by the interaction between the crowd and the performers, what's it like? Please describe. It's... me. Oh, um, well, WrestleMania was very interesting. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, well, they, they, yeah, how long was WrestleMania this year? Uh, they split it into two nights. So it was three to three and a half hours each night, um, which actually made it more watchable because if you cram about eight hours worth of wrestling in one night, which usually is with the pre-show, it's not great. You're kind of at the end, you're deflated. But before when they did it without the audience, they had all the chairs all around. So you, you could tell it was empty and it just looked like a ghost town but then they cleverly started putting barriers in between um so it was all cornered off and all you could see was just the wrestlers they focused more they changed the different camera angle so it focused more on the wrestlers not on the crowd though it, it's just been very unusual um and it's quite funny because the commentators you can hear them twice so you can hear them through what you're hearing through the tv and then you can hear them echoing when they're shouting to them like oh my god you know in the ring so <laughs> It's just weird. I mean, I'm going to go out uh, and like, put myself out there. I am not a wrestling fan. Don't get it. Don't watch it. I mean, the, I think the last time I watched wrestling, Hulk Hogan was still a, still a thing. So that should show you how long it's been since I've watched any wrestling. But as, as Andrew says, wrestling is a performance art. Yeah. I'm going to be generous on that statement there. So... No, that's indisputable it's basically ballet i was more the art it was more the art thing that i was gonna be like you know so doing i mean i have done theater work where like nobody turned up and we still had to put the damn play on and it is the most soul crushing experience to put on a show to an empty auditorium so like I can't imagine that the wrestlers are feeling great about this. And also, yeah. Andrew, like Andrew was saying about how they, I'm sure they've tested everyone, but have they tested everyone that those people have come into contact with? That's how it's, that's the problem, like flattening the curve here, people. It It is interesting. So the um, first, yeah, so with WrestleMania, it's one of the biggest shows of the year. So people from all around the world travel to it to to watch it. And the, the, the hype is, is unreal, especially... Say, for example, uh, there's a wrestler called Drew McIntyre. He won his first WWE championship. And to have that without a crowd is probably soul destroying because you'd think for his first championship, uh, to have the crowd cheer for him, 
um, and it wasn't there. So all you had was, uh, yeah, just him staring at the camera, just hug, happy, celebrating. But you're just thinking, yeah, you're right. It's not the same without a crowd. And a live performance does need an audience. So for this to have no audience, I I just don't get it. Um, in in regards to... Oh, sorry, sorry, go on. No, I was... I was... Carry on with your point, please. I was going to say, um, with in regards to the testing, from what I have heard, they are testing people every day when they go and they test for the temperature. They're walking around uh, with masks on, social distancing, etc. Before WrestleMania, though, um, th- there's one. Uh, he's like a big, big wrestler, Roman Reigns, and he uh, he um, had leukemia um, for the second time. So he was being built up uh, to be in a main event, but th- he literally pulled out at the l- the eleventh hour, um, which I'm surprised he pulled out that late. I thought he would have, you know, decided I'm not going to wrestle after this. But uh, then it was it was told that one another wrestler uh, known as the Miz he had symptoms or he had he was sick basically and he was basically pulled from wrestlemania from a tag team so they made the tag teams into singles matches yeah it, it kind of went all askew with wwe so i think they've learned from that but i i yeah it's just weird <laughs> i i mean okay you say they're testing people and they're doing it every day and they're checking the temperature and stuff but that only works if someone has symptoms and you can have the virus and have no symptoms whatsoever but you are still infectious to people and you breathe it on them because that i mean i just i'm sorry my head is just oh believe me being a wrestling fan this has been soul destroying sometimes each day you think oh god what's going to come out next I mean, I've got ha- next story in a minute in regards to soul destroying, but carry on. <laughs> I mean, I forget the name of the guy who runs the wrestling stuff. It's one guy who lives in a volcano Vince and cackles. Oh, v- Vince McMahon. <laughs> yeah, him. Uh, yeah, him. But like, do you think I do, I'm just imagining him now in his volcano lair, stroking like a fluffy cat with a tally mark of every single person his <laughs> stupidity has managed to kill. Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, his wife works for Trump, so it's not. Completely- oh my god. Oh, no. <laughs> how do you yep. think they got? I mean, the, the, the one thing I would say, but you know, about how do you stay enthusiastic in front of a, you know, when you don't have a crowd? Uh, as various people on the, uh, as the various of the peoples on the peanut gallery have pointed out, by being grateful you're one of the WWE wrestlers that hasn't got fired in the cull. Yes, mm. that's that and was probably also story. copious blows to the head. I'm quite yeah. sure Harriet would be able to explain about that little happening. Ah, so two weeks ago. Um, so Vince McMahon had a, a normal meeting. It was literally just a few minutes basically saying, we're going to cut a lot of people. We're going to either sack them or we're going to release them or we're going to furlough them. And Like like their little bunnies. Go off. Go off right exactly. <laughs> just go, go off. Bye. <laughs> and um, they have dubbed it Black Wednesday because it was literally one after the other after the other after the other even one has just been announced now in the last hour that they've been released um that? uh curtis axel okay <laughs> um so they released uh 20 superstars and they have followed a lot of um producers and story writers <sighs> in regards to 
I don't know if it was to save money because they made money last year, but then they wasted money in regards to uh, paying Goldberg $2 million just to wrestle for five, ten minutes, if that. So, yeah, the, the WWE aren't really wise in regards to spending money, but... Uh, you thought they still had money left after that gig in Saudi Arabia, but there you go. Uh, yeah. Calling, yeah, they said... Sorry, yeah, go on. According to Station Controller, uh, they have cut 40% of the company as a whole. Yep. So that's stars and background staff. And they have half a billion in the reserves. Yeah. This is okay. this is why I don't get Disgusting. that they've released. Yeah, I don't why they release these people. Because um, if... if... Because he has to release them, otherwise he has to give them that money, and then it's not his money anymore. Ironically, one of the wrestlers who got uh, released offered, I think a couple of them offered to pay WWE staff $20,000 to help them, and then he was released. Uh, From the peanut gallery, uh, Alistair, I'm no wrestling fan, but I do feel for talent. Thank you for that one. Always nice to have empathy for stuff you don't care about. Uh, <laughs> Reese, they need to unionize. Yes. Uh, I don't know quite how that would work in that world. Uh, Carl McMahon has been hired by Trump as part of the committee to reopen the USA. Okay. Yep. That's uh, WWE reopening America. That's a horrific idea. <clears throat> And according to Station Controller, the shareholders are now class action suing McMahon and co for misleading investors and selling shares before the price dropped due to the Saudi deal. Yep. And and uh, <laughs> and um, Vince also uh, was also part of XFL. And then that went bankrupt. And now people are suing him. So, yeah, it's a great time to be Vince McMahon at the moment. He's literally going around backstage uh just no one's going near him apparently people are sitting in their cars they don't want to go near him at all talk to him. <laughs> as the historian here um right spanish flu which is what this has been compared to the most killed three to five million in its first round the second round killed 30 to 50 million oh yeah and people are saying we should come out of quarantine already and it's like no, no. Hi, listen to the freaking historians. I almost swore then. <laughs> that um, was justifiable. Seriously, listen to us. Our jobs are to go. This is what happened in the past. Let's use those lessons, please. I mean, yeah. yeah, and save millions of lives. The one question I would have is trying to look forwards. Is given the situation given how much top tier talent has just been let go and might very well not want to come back understandably and how, how much top tier talent backstage as well has been mm-hmm. let go and let's be honest a good cameraman can make or break a show a live show because mm-hmm. if they don't yeah. know what they're doing they don't know what they're doing what sort of chances do you reckon this has got for another you know do you, do you reckon this actually could affect WWE's current, current absolute domination? Do you reckon someone could come out of the ashes of it? Because I'd have thought, with, if it's ever going to happen, you're gone. Your sound's gone. Damn it, I shouldn't have asked a good question. No. No, we still can't hear you. Okay, oh, yeah, right. So, yeah. so with, <laughs> so with um, examples like AEW, Oh, no, you've gone again. 
Oh, no. Hold on, right. I'm holding on to the microphone for dear life now. <laughs> so, uh, in regards... Oh, no. Come on. A.W., can you hear me now? <laughs> okay. Uh, A.W. are a prime example oh, yes. of them uh, coming up. And um, a lot of the wrestlers are probably going to be signed to AEW after this because a lot of wrestlers can't wrestle at the moment because Jude, they can't travel. So they're literally sitting at, in their homes just waiting for all this to blow over. But because WWE had a massive amount of roster superstars to begin with, it, it, it really depends in regards to um, whether the stories will affect this because with live shows, um, you know, like WWE... Um, it's stated here they do treat the crowds like idiots which is true we kind of are treated like oh well they won't understand we'll just do this that and the other but um yeah i think it depends after all this blows over it'd be very interesting how uh how the impact wwe is going to be looked at in this light after all the the releases the the facts with the stockhold etc and also the fact there was a rumor today that they're gonna or a couple of days ago that they're gonna sell ww which is quite interesting okay but it's it's only a rumor apparently um it was tweeted by uh dr D- uh who uh overheard d- directly that uh out of wwe stanford that there is a deal being negotiated to sell wwe and the network which they're BBC iPlayer of millions of well thousands of WWE shows uh, and the network to ESPN and Fox by as early as mid-May. Okay, that'd be quite interesting if that, that happens. That would if definitely. Then go to Disney. 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 <laughs> uh, yeah, no, Disney do fairy tales, but even they won't touch that. Anyway, <laughs> that was the big stomp for April here in the Bugzilla Bunker. My thanks to Lizzie. My thanks to Jenna. Everyone's mics are dying. Oh, no. (laughs) Harriet. Yay, thank you. (laughs) Does anyone have anything they want to say or anything they want to plug before we go? I just want to say to everyone, be nice to each other for the love of little green fishes, please. And stay safe as well. So just stay indoors. Uh, Yeah, only go out when you need to. And wash your hands. <laughs> Sing happy birthday. Or the Team Rocket theme, apparently. <laughs> 20 seconds. <laughs> that's the one I use. <laughs> or Scum by Napalm Death, because that's 27 seconds long. <laughs> um. I mean, I think it doesn't matter what you sing, just wash your goddamn hands. Exactly. <laughs> Um, I will say, uh, if anyone's interested in my little group, it's called the League of Extraordinary British Betas. So come and find us. We're quite fun. So uh, Yeah, no, that's cool. We've yeah. got uh, Monday, we've got Bella Galosha's Shed, Incredibly Bad Movie. Uh, on next Thursday, we've got the uh, Bunkazilla, keep an eye. We've got the Trash of Treasure. Keep an eye out for all the stuff uh, happening during the day with Ian. Uh, thanks to Peanut Gallery, which has been Alistair. Uh, Carl Free Station Control joining in as well. Anyone who's listening, thank you all for being awesome. If you like the show, please tell your friends. If you want to be in the bunker, then be here on Thursday, the 28th of May. We'll next go stomping. So, from everyone here at the bunker, please stay well 
and good night. Night. Night.